Ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, boys, men, women, children of all ages, all the way live, hailing from L.A., California, yay, home of the palm trees and chronic leaves, some call it Grandzilla or Top Chef Tony, I call it the champion Tony. They say a mind is a terrible thing to waste They say mind is a terrible team to face On my grind, it's unbearable cream to chase I'ma shine, but whatever it seems to take They say a mind is a terrible thing to waste They say mind is a terrible team to face On my grind, it's unbearable cream to chase I'ma shine, it's about to A little bit of jewelry on, no choke chain though Couple rocks here What up, what up, what up people? We are back at it once again with the High Butt Tenders Podcast you know me as Jarrell, uh, a.k.a. Superman's father, and I got my partner in crime, the Bud Tender of the Year Award winner, Rocky Tyler-Adam. What's going on, Jarrell? We have some really exciting guests with us today, you guys. I'm super excited about it. First, we have our, a really good friend of ours, as well as a, a companion, Bud Tender, Nick. Yeah. Say hello, Nick. Tell How's us going, a little guys? bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Nick. I'm at LolDragon64 on Instagram. I've uh, been in the cannabis industry for a year and eight months now, and haven't been happier. <laughs> yeah. And we also got uh, my boy Jeff, also bud tender, veteran, uh, jack of all trades. He's been in the cannabis industry for a while. He's done it all over the place. Holla at the people, Jeff. What's going on? My name is Jeff. Uh, call me a Jeff of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That. Uh, I love my it. My name is Kenneth Jeff. Uh, just love cannabis and plant medicine, and it's just what I enjoy talking about now. It helped me out, so. Right on, right on. Nick, um, how did you end up getting in the cannabis industry? Well, I was uh, out of work for two years, and uh, my mom was driving on the 215 heading home. She saw a billboard for this dispensary and was like, have you have you heard of this place? And I'm like, no, actually, I, I haven't. I'll look at it, and went to the website and followed down to the uh, bottom of the page and saw careers and clicked on it, put in my application and so it was just uh, let me try to get up in it first first the application or first dispensary you apply for mm-hmm. oh got yep. it too ain't that a bitch yeah. uh, <laughs> it took me a minute bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not to say that uh, actually I, sorry it wasn't the first dispensary oh, I applied okay. to I did apply to others I've applied to a few actually and I went to a um Blood tender training class and got a little certificate and that kind of nice. threw me into learning about terpenes and learning about different uh, concentrates and CBD and where does one where does somebody learn about that blood tender training situation? It was here in Las Vegas. Um, it was before it became recreational when it was still medical. Oh, um, nice. I uh, you know I really can't remember what the name of it was. It was so long ago. But it was before the like the Bud Tender Fight Club and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I remember yeah. which ones. Yeah. I think it was. Was, uh, was it like that downtown? Uh, kind of near the art district. Yes. There? Yes. Okay. I know okay. what you're talking about. Gotcha. Sure. So, yeah, sure. it was that one, and um, I went with a couple of friends, and they never really went through with it. But I kind of was like intrigued by it, mm-hmm. really, the science behind it. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I got my start. Right on. Jeff, what about you, man? How did you get your started? Well, uh, it's a funny story. I kind of was doing everything before this. I'm a big hospitality guy. Uh, joined in the Marine Corps right after high school. Did an enlistment, kind of got out. And I uh, was running uh, security 
uh, nightclub security for about a year. Uh, I switched over to a bartender, worked my way up to bar manager, general manager, restaurants. And then about uh, around that time, I lost my ninth friend to uh, PTSD and uh, his battle with that. And uh, it kind of threw me to something. I, I always wanted to be somebody, but I realized at that moment I wanted to do something. So I uh, changed my whole outlook. I didn't really care about the money I was making. And I, I wanted to help my friends, you know, someone's brother, someone's sister, because just that cycle alone and seeing that. And then, of course, with the opioid, oh, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, opioid ep epidemic, uh, I saw that cannabis started becoming a viable option for a lot of things. So I went over to California and I started learning about medical cannabis, ended up joining it to Portland, and uh, I landed a job there working with some grows. And I jumped around from Seattle to Arizona, and now I'm in Vegas, and I'm just loving it all around, trying to help out where I can, to be honest. So what was your first um, job in the cannabis industry? What did you do? So my first one was kind of what I call gray market, black market, but it was a homegrown, <laughs> homegrown trimmer. So we, uh, undisclosed location, this house was rented out and we just grew and we hung up and I trimmed and trimmed to my little hands, you know, I just wanted to learn. And that was the biggest entry level job for me. Did that one, one of my boys and uh, from there I switched over to be a wholesaler, which was wild because then I'm slanging pounds of pot in Oregon and Oregon's got some good outdoor so it was nice yeah. Yeah, they got sure. a lot they like oversaturated with weed. yeah so that's, that's how it made me leave like at the very beginning not a lot of people were growing but then the state was like yo if you have money to pay your license and everything else we'll let you grow and so I was out there selling about outdoor for about 11,000 a pound oh, indoor wow. for about 18,2 and then my last big purchase was a 50 pound buy some premium outdoor but beautiful sold it for 250 a pound I said wow not much money. Yeah, but it was just one of those things, oversaturation, and it kind of mm -hmm. happens. And each market has a different setup to kind of work for that. But Oregon did not. Now let's focus on this for one second, guys. This is important for bud tenders, okay? So when you're walking, if you're not a bud tender, you're walking into a dispensary, and you want to know the differences between prices in cannabis from state to state, it's mm -hmm. never going to be the same. It's a supply and demand situation. Yeah. So if you're in Oregon, right, right. or if you're in um, at Colorado, Colorado, California, uh, California, California yeah. areas, you know, certain areas in uh, quote unquote California, you can yeah. still um, get cannabis much cheaper than places that you know the supply meets the demand. And like another, like or like the the climate, right. like we right. in Vegas or or Nevada, we damn near have to grow everything indoors yeah. so that's going to drive cost up like that's another oh, thing easy. Right. and all the regulations we have to have everything fucking uh, tested packaged oh, packaged so like all that all that price gets kind of trickled down so hell yeah like it's going to be expensive like here in other places than um let's say like a, you know Oregon for sure oh easy yeah. so, I love when people come in and be like yo I can get this in Oregon for like you know, twenty bucks. I'm like, you can get grand for like a dollar, two dollars. You're right. Yeah, that yeah. was different because, like you said, one of the biggest costs in cannabis right now is packaging. Packaging. Oh my yes. goodness. Some places you can still you can do a deli style where you can weigh out, which mm -hmm. I love. It just kind of keeps it hard to keep the buds fresh. But you know, here uh, definitely Seattle and Washington uh, has to be prepacked. Everything has to be prepacked before it enters the dispensary because it can't be contaminated. No loss. So that's another big thing that most people don't think about. Like. 
Deli style, you can just go ahead and pop your pop top, go ahead and weigh it out right there, and you can go about your day. It's cheaper. It, mm. It's just always, like, I always think about that, too, because California Market was the very first market that I was ever introduced to. So people were like, was the first dispensary? I was like, the first dispensary I went to wasn't a legal dispensary. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the fact of the matter was that they had everything in jars, and it was great because you could actually get the full... Uh, essential oil profile of those buds mm -hmm. but at the same time you know you're like completely opening those jars consistently Constantly, yeah. and then people's faces are over those jars which is like skin tissue and matter mm -hmm. and everything else falling into those jars and i think about that because <laughs> i'm an osha person yeah. <laughs> so um, i think about that stuff and i'm always like mm, no but I like the prepackaged stuff. I just think, too, we take it to the ultimate extreme with the packaging. The, out, yeah, little, the ultimate yeah, extreme. Sure. But at that point, you have to recop some of your money. So, again, when we think about this, there is a thing where people have to promote their actual items. And believe it or not, packaging is huge. Ooh. So, people see packaging, like packages of gummies, and they look like a carnival ride. People are going to buy those gummies. If your gummies look like a generic package white package your gummies probably are not going to sell even if they're superior gummies and they taste mm -hmm. phenomenal packaging matters yeah you put your weed in a nice jar and you put that jar on the display like oh i love that jar you know like that shit is going to sell like yeah. the pack rock you hit it you know the nail on the head. Oh, is awesome. that is that how you say it? Yeah. God damn, bro! I never they even right. see the buds. They'll just see yeah, the but like, like, yeah, I just I like that yeah. That's yeah. when I was working. I think my my last place was uh, a wholesale. We were thinking about a way to sustain packaging, and we looked into getting uh, decomposable packaging for carts and all that stuff. And it's crazy how much more that drives your packaging cost. And I was yeah. like, wow, we want to try to do the right thing. But you can go ahead and get a plastic, like, pop tops, clamshells. And that's why, right now, there's that big trying to focus of trying to push that branding. Well, branding rules everything. Not even here, but retail, cannabis. You got a good brain, you, like, you can see a logo, and you're like, oh, man, I know exactly what logo that is. I said branding and marketing, but the cannabis is so wasteful with the packaging. I'm just like, I got, like, eight different gummy bags for one thing. I was like, so I always think about trying to fine-tune that because... I don't know. I look around shops sometimes and you can kind of see, oh, there's, there's a cart packaging. and I just feel responsible to that end because it's a great plant, but then again, at the same time, we're also kind of putting back to that waste. So it's oh kind of that. Oh my gosh, yes. I always think about it. I see people throwing it. I'm like, put that up, man. Yeah. Throw it away. Yes. All the jars yeah. laying around oh, as well. It breaks my yeah. heart. Yes. I recycle all of my jars. <laughs> um, all of them. I try to, and if like not, if, let, and I'm not talking about throwing it into the recycle bin because people have misconceptions about mm -hmm. how that is supposed to be done, and it's completely wrong most of the time. Um, so I don't <laughs> usually throw them in the recycle bin, but I use I reuse them. I reuse oh, yeah. them like a yeah. mug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I use them for like um like alcohol to clean my like, like my tools and shit. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, got the, <laughs> hell yeah for anything. Yeah, I reuse my jars as much as possible. Yeah. So what's the like? We talked about you being in different states. Mm -hmm. what, what state do you think does it, I don't like the best, or but has like a good grasp on it, like kind of doing it right? Because I feel like we're doing it the right like the right way out here. It, it's, uh, for me, it's a lot of aspects because I've done a little bit of everything from wholesale marketing to bud tending. And I think each state has a good presence, whether it's retail or, you also got to talk about, there's like that, 
three sides of the cannabis industry I don't think everyone really talks about. You got our growers. Yep. You got the people that are working retail, you know, our processors, our producers, everybody else. And then you also have the consumer. And I think some states are a little bit more focused on the growers. I think some are a little bit more to the retail side. Yeah. True. I think some yeah. are more to the consumer, which if we can so find I'm that perfect... I'm not sure about that. <laughs> okay, appreciate Shut that. Up, <laughs> Get out of this conversation. Uh, I don't think she agrees. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm sorry. are doing a great job. But I think each state has a way where they try to make it as fair. It's just hard to do it because, again, we're still in such an infancy yeah. of the cannabis uh, it's hard for someone to kind of be like, this is going to work for us. <laughs> and you can see that in Oregon where they were just like, you know what? We want a fair playing ground for everybody so everybody can grow, everybody can have a retail shop, which, you know, it made it a fair marketplace to kind of get in. But with that, a lot of big corporations end up eating up the mom and pops. Yeah. And you can't make your prey roll anymore because you're selling $2 grams every day. Or your margins have to pay your people. That's true. So yeah. then you'll go to Oregon right now and you'll see, I'm not going to name a lot of them, but you'll see a lot of these big stores that have taken all the mom and pop shops. And even when I left, a lot of them are like, look, we don't even know if we can pay you. And I was like, understand, we're going to try to work with you. A lot of the farms that we worked with, they went under, they couldn't pay their bills, they couldn't pay their trimmers, they had to go all mechanically trim. So that puts your end of your quality down. So it's great for the consumer. The consumer's like, yo, I'm picking up half ounces for like 50 bucks. But then where's your growers going? Yeah. So next harvest, who's going to be growing all that pot? Right. And then you throw all the other thing like packaging and like that. Seattle did it a little bit better where they kept it an even playing ground where you can't have a monopoly. So in Seattle or Washington, as you would, they keep it where you have to choose which avenue you're going in cannabis. You're either going to be a grower, you're going to do extraction, production, or production, you're going to do retail. And after that, you, you win your little uh, license but you can only max out at three licenses. Mm. So let's say you're doing well and you're like, yo, you know what? I want to do another one and another one. So instead of you overtaking the whole market, you stop at three. Now people like will build collectives and business partners and there's a workaround, but they try to make it as, as fair, fair as possible. It, it's kind of hard because you kind of think about, you know, a couple of years ago, nobody really wanted to touch this stuff. And now there's people making a lot of money off. A lot of people are getting locked up for this stuff. And, we have to figure out a nice way to make this as even as a playing field in cannabis, whether you grow or... So, there's a lot of states that do it. Arizona's still medical, so it's very hard. Everything's vertically integrated. True. You get a license, you can do everything. You do, uh, you can do a, a kitchen, extraction, a retail, and your own grow. And that's just in one license. Kind of like we, I think we have here, I believe. You have a vertical I'm not sure if you do the vertical. No, I think you have to have separate licenses. Separate licenses. Yes. Yeah, yeah you for sure you do. Separate licenses, yeah. and you do believe, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, yeah, that again, I have to piggyback on what you just said about Seattle. Um, when you had mentioned that question, immediately Seattle's my one of my absolute favorite places uh, to consume cannabis or if I'm actually just trying to have a good time surrounded around cannabis. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Seattle because... Um, the culture's still there. Yeah. It's still there and it's still very strong. And if it was up to me, every state would be, and I hate saying that out loud, but <laughs> every state would be like Seattle because they keep that organic uh, flow. You know what I mean? If you walk into one of their dispensaries, it's a dispensary for God's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's that you can feel that and it's exactly absolutely and stuff. So I, I agree with you on that 100%. I think it changes. 
from state to state because California is super into like opening businesses, external businesses that kind of relate to cannabis. They take the additional steps. Like we're going to be the first to open a cannabis uh, restaurant or, Mm -hmm. you know, cafe, et cetera. So they just do it a little bit better in that finesse style. But I don't think that that's the priority of different states. I For think sure. they have different things going on. Yeah, I think you're right, Jeff. Like, different states, I want to say kind of specialize in different things. But it's kind of like that. Like, um, Nevada or Vegas, you can say specialize in more of, like, the, the tourist or, oh, yeah. like, the, the consumer side of it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like California is more of, like, the, like, branding maybe. <laughs> because you got, like, the big brands out there. Right. Um, yeah, and they kind of, like, branch off. So you have, like, a... Like a like a cookies mm-hmm. or Jungle Boys. Then like the yeah. Jungle Boys, I have like a Jungle Boys clothing store. Mm. So I think they do it like kind of different out there. It's more of like like the branding is real big. Yeah, I, yeah I'm from California, West Covina, California. I the way they did California, their their market. I just I don't think it was as fair as it should have been. Oh hell, there's man. a lot of rec shops that are still trap shops right now. If you don't know what a trap shop is, it's just a, a dispensary that's not not running without a license. Yeah, and. Um, there's people that have been trying to get their license for years, for years, and you get some of these guys that come in with money, and all of a sudden, bam, license, license yeah, all, all day, and it's uh, that's when you kind of realize it's not a, as free as a, you know a legalized market, as you'll say. That's why you'll hear a lot of people you go to different states and but legalization will kill our market. Well, it's killed, you know, I wouldn't say completely killed California, but it's made it definitely an unfair playing field, to be honest, and just my opinion. Right. And that's what low key scares me about when it in turns like federally legal. Like all these fucking corporations are gonna come in, just kill the middle guy, like the little guys, and it's gonna. Uh, I don't like that. I heard a uh, a TED talk. Someone was saying that they didn't legalize cannabis in Colorado. They commercialized THC, hmm. and you know they're boasting oh thirty two percent THC this flower, and well we have thirty five percent THC on this flower, and hmm. you know people start thinking oh yeah you know that's that's what's gonna get me. To get super super high. Yeah. Honestly, if you hit smoking a thirty-two percent flower, it's gonna be enjoyable for maybe an hour. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Yeah, you're gonna be high, but it fades away very quickly. So you end up smoking more. So I feel like if we can maybe um, teach, that, educate, educate, yeah. educate about terpenes, because I have had some nineteen percent uh, cannabis flower. That was very high in terpenes. Smacked. Smacked. I Can was... I tell you that every episode that gets brought up and that's how important mm-hmm. terpenes. terpenes are is yeah. that every Absolutely. single person we've had on the show Absolutely. brings up this. And if you listen <laughs> back, guys, you're going to hear the same thing from different guests. Mm-hmm. So I agree with Nick on Hell that. Yeah. Like, even if... Oh, it's, that's the thing. Like, what other states... Test for terpenes besides Nevada. Oh man, not too many. I, not I too honestly many. haven't known. Oh, yeah. There's the any terpenes, other state, is uh, there? There are yeah. a few brands, at least in Seattle, that started to do their. They would test out and they would put kind of a percentage of their major uh, terpenoid profile on the back. But it would be a few. But the and I, it's funny that you brought this up because I just saw an article on LinkedIn about this and people mm-hmm. were talking about how THC overtook a lot of things. But you know some of these numbers that are coming out. I mean. That's another thing I also... Some of these lab tests, I don't know if you guys heard, but some people buy their numbers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's no, like, no independent or, like, central lab testing where everybody goes and you won't get their shit tested. And there's... So, yeah, there's a lot of question marks behind some of these numbers. Well, and a lot of people working with a lot of testing facilities myself, 
there's different theories at a lot of testing facilities. There's no set theory for THC right now. A lot of a different testing site will or facility will use another one, but it's kind of like a, a little bit off. It's kind of saying, but there's no set uh, formula to test straight for THC. So that's where a lot of numbers. We would test one place over here, get a different number here, get a no, different number here, and you have to ask them what formula they're using as well. Or I think it's like a scientific method or whatever. I'm not the scientist side on that, but uh, the tur profile that's where it just blows all everything away because you talk about THC this, THC that, but I want to talk about the turps, man. Hell that's, yeah, that's what we get in real. Just it's imagine real. instead of like you said, um, promoting THC or commercializing THC, they educated and just came out and say, hey. Look what this terpene can do for you. Absolutely. If you are you having trouble sleeping, try mm-hmm. something with a lot of mercine. Mm-hmm. Or if you have social issues or or this or that, try something with some limonene. Yes. So like just that can change everybody's perspective on on THC. Not just hey, I'm not just getting high, but this is helping me with this mm-hmm. issue. And I think that would change the game for people who are a little afraid to step in and dabble with a little bit of cannabis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's honestly not. As scary as you would think it is. I mean, yes, uh, THC does have a tendency to increase your heart rate and you kind of get a little anxious or you get a little nervous and sometimes paranoid and you get in your head, but just know that it's going to be okay. You're going to come down from it and everything will be fine. So. But even then, like we can find things that avoid that. You can find mm-hmm. certain strains that avoid that paranoia or that, that, that nervousness or whatever it is. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of like education and actually going somewhere that like test for terpenes or as somewhat know about them you know i think it's real important i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily get rid of the percentages and the reason why is because it lists other cannabinoids correct Mm -hmm. and for that reason i think that if and i tell this to people all the time if you find something low in thc percentage but you see something with a little bit of cbd cbg CBN, possibly. You're going to definitely get a good experience out of that cannabis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, GLP, strawberry cough, never hit over 20%. That is a Mack truck hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, nine pound hammer. Mm-hmm. Always under 20% THC, mm-hmm. but it's called nine pound hammer yeah, for a reason. Really, yeah. And the reason, too, is like even though it hits very low in terpenes, it hits very well on other cannabinoids, right? Like the terpenes are great, but the cannabinoids in there, like the CBG, CBN, you know, all these wonderful things come up. So and even small amounts of each is going to really make that a big difference in the it, flower. Yeah. Even it, though percentages aren't everything. Because oh, that, yeah. that small amount of X is going to make that, that, that Y pop, you know? So there's so many other factors besides just the THC or just... You know, like one terpene, like there's yeah, so many things that go into this. Yeah, my favorite is I always you know working with some new timers coming in, and they always come up to me like, "Give me your highest THC," and I kind of have to, and that's where the education kind of comes in because you got to talk about the cannabinoid profile, the terp profile, but I kind of break it down to kind of bar talk because everybody knows how to go to a bar. I'm like, "Well, you going up there?" Kind of is like, "Give me all your shots of 151." It don't make no sense because how are you trying to feel right now? And you got to kind of curate that as well, and with more education from you know. Your bud tenders, I love to call everybody kind of a, a consultant because at the end of the day, you're consulting people on this. Yep. Whether you're in a medical state or a recreational state, you're at the end of the day, a consumer should come in and they should learn something, something they didn't know. And because we're constantly learning things every day, you kind of brought up uh, people getting paranoid and things like that. There is a small percentage of people that cannabis isn't for them. 
There is cannabis-induced psychosis in yep. certain cases. There's cannabis uh, hypermethis, I believe it is, where uh, it's kind of, uh, I think it's uh, a condition where the cannabis will activate your CB1 receptors in your uh, gut, and you'll uncontrollably vomit. And that's in a very small percentage of people. But there was somebody that came out and they said, oh, I have this. And doctors didn't know. They thought they were like going through the edible death. And they were like, oh, yeah, you have cannab- cannabinoid hypermethis, I think it's, mm-hmm. or hyper- it's one of those. You, lo- you look it up and it's starting to get more traction because it only affects a rare certain people. But now that we know that, those are things we could be mindful of. But before it was kind of we had to take everybody's word for I heard this from my uncle, my cousin. And now we're learning. You can go on news and you can learn something new every day. So it's wild. Like I'm learning stuff new every day. That's crazy because I, I think I got a customer uh, or I had a customer who said like, have you ever heard of somebody like just throwing up, you know, mm-hmm. when they, they smoke or get high? I'm like, no, I've never heard of that. Like maybe you're allergic to a certain terpene or something or I don't know. It's a, but it's a very sense. small percent. And it's funny because I, I read three articles on people that end up acquiring it later in their life. They used to be heavy smokers. They would smoke constantly, and then somewhere, they said around mid to late 30s, they ended up, their cannabis consumption was no longer fun. They would just, strong stomach pains, they couldn't hold anything down. And that's why I also advocate for your regular tea breaks, too. Like, sometimes your body just needs to take a little chill pill as well. Like, tea break, if no one knows, tolerance, tolerance break. break if yeah. you're smoking constantly, and you know you're you're taking dabs, one gram dabbers every day, I mean... Economically, maybe take a tea break. Unless you make that would be. Yeah. But I always advocate for regular tea breaks as well because it kind of gets your body a little reset. Because just like anything, your body starts to get uh, a tolerance. Yeah, and sure. uh, a tea break doesn't have to be such a bad experience. Right. There is something called CBD. Yeah. Hey. CBD can help you through your tea break. Believe me, <laughs> it's. I know it sounds weird, but. You know, people will look at it, oh, CBD doesn't get you high. Why would I ever want to take that? Well, well. You you try CBD flower? I have tried, uh, what was it? The Connor's Comfort. Connor's Comfort. Was That's actually very nice. Um, yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. I have tried the Flyer Angel as well from Floor from Cannabis. Floor, yeah. um, enjoyable. It's just very smooth. I was just very relaxed. Damn. Had no, no, like... I suffer from a little bit of back pain. I used to play high impact sports, lacrosse for five years. Um, but when I smoked that, I just my feeling good. My back was feeling really good. I my stress levels were down, and it was a very enjoyable high. So, um, and so if anyone is thinking of taking a tolerance break, it is okay. Get some CBD um, uh, sublinguals, or get some you know gummies, a vape pens, vape, vape, vape pens, or, or get some uh, you know. Fire Angel. (laughs) Because I definitely feel like, um, like if I do like a tolerance break, I have to smoke something like sometimes, Mm -hmm. but that CBD does help. Like definitely like take the edge off, helps me calm down for sure, man. Find some CBD if you're trying to do a tolerance break and you just have to smoke something. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Especially if you got a big tolerance, it'd be a bad time. Yeah. And I feel like, doesn't that like, it'll help speed that, that like reset process up or I don't know. Because it doesn't like CBD reset everything. Yes, it helps uh, reset with your endocannabinoid system that every human being has is an endocannabinoid system. And when you uh, take CBD, it helps kind of reset that, refresh it. And um, after, you know, maybe about a month, uh, you can go back, smoke a 20% flower and have probably the best high (laughs) you've ever had. You know, maybe since you were a young teenager or, you know, smoking with your friends in in your (laughs) mom's backyard and hoping that she doesn't smell it. (laughs) 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 I mean, the point that I obviously feel like the point being, and since we're all educated, 
is really the homeostasis portion of that. Um, CBD, it, it's, it's kind of what it is. Um, when you take CBD, you, your CB1 and your CB2 receptors and your endocannabinoid system all work in like unison mm -hmm. with each other. Mm -hmm. And when that's happy, your mood is happy. Yeah. So when people are like, no, it's not the miracle drug, but guess what? You're going to feel better. The reason why is because your mind receptors and your body receptors are going to tell you so. Mm -hmm. And that's very different. So it's not, it's not like someone trying to get off of crack. It's, <laughs> it's very, very different when somebody smokes weed all the time and they're taking a tea break. It's not like, because my mom... Boy, she didn't know. <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, you're coming off crack because her husband smokes a lot of cannabis. Yeah. And he smokes all the time. And um, she's like, well, what if he stopped for a little bit? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if he's coughing and stuff, he can always do edibles. Mm -hmm. And he can cut back on some of that THC, too. I was like, you know, you can do lower amounts. And she's like, oh, I kind of weaning him off. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, not yeah. like weaning because he's not yeah, addicted to the THC. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's modern misconceptions, but at the same time, it's very important to understand what it is that, that uh, that's doing for you health-wise and to be aware of it so that you're not afraid of CBD or THC because mm -hmm. neither one of them are, gonna, are doing anything poorly to you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, if you don't want to smoke, you have options, yep. a, lo a yep. lot of them. So it's really good the point that you guys brought that up, too. And I know you had mentioned, too, that you were in the military. Mm -hmm. And it's a really big deal when, like, PTSD is the silent killer. Um, Military-wise, people that um, are athletes that get hit often, you know what I mean? They experience stuff, too, that's... Uh, that's really like, like it's just really bad stuff. So give us a little bit more insight. I know that you're more well-spoken on this. What, what is, uh, what is, if somebody was suffering from PTSD, what would be um, good, a good regimen for them, CBD or, or THC-wise? Well, when you kind of go to PTSD, whether, however it's inflicted, whether it's traumatic injury, uh, you know, you're in a car crash, concussions. There's so many factors that you also have to bring in as well because you can have, you know, PTS symptoms or you can have, you know, people call it post-traumatic stress as well. Um, it's hard because that could be in conjunction with another, especially if it's been something violent like a head injury or a traumatic event. You can also be experiencing TBI, which is traumatic brain injury where your body and your brain gets shook so hard that your your brain basically bounces it's like a concussion three mm. times and it literally bruises the brain. And you you hear about TBI and CTE uh, in professional athletes and returning soldiers and anything that where the head gets jarred a lot. And that's where another thing where a lot of veterans are now speaking about a lot of UFC fighters right now, a lot of football players. Shout out to my man Ricky Williams who's been kicking it since hey, day one. Yeah, you know, he got kicked out of the league, but now it's legal and he's really trying to change that perspective. But and he knew from the very beginning this was helping him. A lot yeah. of people have been going in silent about getting constantly hit in the head. And, you know, the pharmaceuticals that are people getting thrown out right now, it's just, it's wild. Slow killer. It's, it's a slow addiction. And yeah. it gets worse and worse. And that's where it's hard for a lot of people to realize, well, uh, you know, these VA benefits and all these medicines that they're giving, they'll fix them. Well, they're figuring it out too. And a lot of these guys are trying to come back in. 
A, it's already hard to kind of come back and normalize your life to re... What's the word I'm looking for? Like reacclimate. Yeah, acclimate yourself back to, you know, something that was so high stress, something that was so close and interesting, the camaraderie being there, and then going down to that. And then you have to... It's... uh, There is a lot... You work hard, play hard too. There's yeah. a, back in the day, we were a lot. At least me, I was a big booze hound for a while. I loved to party. Um, so when I'm kind of working with someone, I, I worked with someone two weeks ago. He came in and he told me he was like, "I want to try cannabis because I've been reading about it." And I was like, "All right, man. The first thing I can tell you is not going to be a fun one. Is stop drinking." A lot of people, alcohol is a big social norm. Which you know, I have been a bartender, bar manager, GM. I love going out, love a good time. But when you're trying to address certain things in your life alcohol is a depressant it's absolutely messing with your brain chemistry um so first see how you are without that and you know some, some people will be surprised you know that i didn't realize how much i drink and when i stopped drinking i realized how much i, I, I drank <laughs> right exactly <laughs> so I, I normally tell people cut back on that first because that can play with your, your <coughs> mental especially when you're in, a, in an episode or you're feeling down a lot of people, you know, will rush to comfort food or alcohol, and that can be a vicious cycle. You throw in opiates on top of that. I'm not telling anyone to get rid of, you know, a prescription. That is to the discretion of the patient. For sure. Because some of these, some people do find, you know, help with the prescription they have, maybe in the dosage, lower dosage. But to do a blanket statement like, oh, this worked for somebody, so everyone's getting prescribed this. We're seeing that's not working. We're finding out a lot more vets going into rehab clinics for opiate addiction. I had a, a great friend. He did two two tours. Came back. This guy was the model model guy you wanted to be in. He, unfortunately, he's in his third round of rehab, and it breaks my heart to see that because all he wanted to do was serve, mm. and he came out with something that I don't think anyone was really ready to address. So, and when it was just hey, you can only do what the VA prescribes. I think that's unfair. That's yeah, that sucks. I think you should be able to whether it be cannabis. Right now, we're finding. A lot of plant medicine states. Uh, psilocybin's helping a lot of people get the PTSD. There's a lot of other options that kind of address this. But for me, if I'm talking to someone that's kind of working with kind of symptoms of PTSD and TBI, I first say cut out alcohol for sure. If your medicine's working, you know, work for it. You can always check on certain sites what kind of uh, the medication you're taking, how it's going to uh, impact you. And then from there, you got to figure out what you're comfortable with taking. A lot of people are afraid to smoke a lot of people are afraid to do edibles because I think everyone that's messed around with cannabis has an edible story for sure <laughs> and I, you know you have to educate them it's it's not the same thing the uh, the THC you're getting the delta nines when you're eating an edible it's converted over to 11 hydroxy THC and it's a little bit more potent than you know uh, the delta nine can uh, the de- delta nine THC so it's literally re-educating and then finding something where someone is okay with starting at but I always recommend starting low and slow with CBD. CBD, it had its green rush moment because it was almost like, you couldn't go anywhere without finding CBD in something. CBD eyeshadow, CBD... CBD is now being sold at the gas station. Exactly. Yes. I don't know if... I. I haven't tried it. I, I wouldn't don't try it. No, motherfucker, I don't try it. Yeah. Hey, uh, definitely, I wouldn't... I'm not saying it's bad, but... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend getting CBD from a gas station. Get no. that shit from a reliable source. Here, here's the here's the reality of that too, is just like where we use every part of the THC plant from, you know, from the seed to the stem. <laughs> um, 
we use every portion of that to make can from packaging the cannabis to making the edibles to then making pens and things of that nature. Um, that's all down even to some leaves that go into that production um, accidentally, but yeah, it gets in there. Um, and then with that too, with hemp, it's very different because the leaves, they do count that as hemp and a lot of CBD um, over-the-counter stuff or stuff you don't get from the dispensary. Let me change that. Stuff you don't get from a dispensary or don't actually grow um, CBD plants and things of that nature. You could just be getting the leaf part. If you think about that, it's a very small percentage of CBD. So the potency is not going to be as good there. You're not going to get all the benefits, yeah. um, especially, you know, I don't know what a lot of people claim is full spectrum is not. Um, you know what I mean? So that being said, um, always educate yourself a little bit more too. There are vast majority of like some really good sites, Leafly being one of them, yeah. that will give you a good idea of how to take CBD, where to find great CBD. And um, I think it's very important to think about that. I actually need to take a tea break really, really bad. Yeah, I feel myself. <laughs> and yeah. so just recently I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much CBD too. And I gave a friend of mine a bunch of CBD flour to press. Oh, nice. Me. Very nice. Yeah. And then nice. hopefully we'll make some pens or something out of that or whatever. Yeah. But she's really good like that. So all that stuff can be utilized. But educate yourself a little bit more. No. There's always a, there's always ways to learn. YouTube is always a great resource. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Oh, yeah. YouTube or WeTube? <laughs> YouTube kind of climbed down on a lot of good weed channels. Yeah, so WeTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jeff, what worked for you? Like, what helped you when you made your transition? Uh, well, for me, I, personally, I dealt with a lot of guilt. Survivor's guilt in particular. Um, I mean, I, I didn't even realize it. Like I said, I was a big partier. I went out all the time. I was trying to party a lot of uh, a lot of things away, um, so it was either you know the women, the, the alcohol. But every time I'd get into, a, I, I guess you kind of see when you're kind of going down a slippery slope. I was, and at that time I was in Tallahassee, Florida. Shout out FSU. Um, I just would pick up a bag and just start smoking blunts daily. And my friends were like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, I, "This is helping me." I didn't understand it because again, I was not even into the industry yet. I was not even thinking that this was what's helping me. I thought it was just, you know, weed, I'm chilling out. And I would just smoke, smoke, smoke. Some strains are better than the other because, you know, you kind of don't know what you're getting. But when I kind of took a look back and I was like, every time I could see myself getting a little bit, it was a little bit of cannabis. I couldn't tell you which strain it was because over there, they give it all kind of names. It was Purple Monkey, Purple yeah. Monkey Balls, Fallout Girl. I'm like, oh. <laughs> As I look at those strings now, I think, oh, I, I, think I found one string. That, that was real. Uh, I was like, Hold on. Oh, we just name whatever we want. Whatever they brought in the bag. My, my favorite strain from the street which was always, I don't know. What is the strain yeah, meant? I, no idea. <laughs> so for me, it was just a little bit of that. And then when I got educated, CBD was the big thing because it's an anti-inflammatory. It helps with kind of things like that. For me, I'm, a, I'm an active guy, so like I'm always kind of beat up. I like to do jujitsu. Again, I was running, you know, security for a while. You kind of get in some scuffles at the nightclubs because booze makes everyone think they're Superman. <laughs> Shout out to, you know, yep. Hennessy and Crown Royal. I've had some nights. <laughs> it's I got to talk to you. Somebody looked at me and I'm going to fight you. I'm like, I just want you to go home. <laughs> so uh, CBD was good. I loved a little bit of that. And then for me, it was a lot of strains when I started learning about cannabinoids. And that's when everyone was just talking about <clears throat> THC. I learned about CBD, and then I 
fell in love with CBN. CBN was kind of one of my go-tos. If anything on CBN, I'll try it. I'm a big, big end-of-day smoker. I like to not really think it. I got so much going on in my head. I just want to kind of let it settle and then go to bed. Because some nights I'll be like, all right, did I do that today? Hold on, I got something else to do today. Let me do that. So that CBN kind of slows everything down with that CBD. And a little bit of THC to kind of get you relaxed. So I love anything like Granddaddy Purple is my always my go-to. Okay. I'm a, I'm a big indica guy. And anything, if you find CBN, you'll, in California, you'll find products with CBN now. It's starting to get a, a moment kind of like CBD. Um, a lot of people are trying to find it. It's helping out with uh, certain patients with Parkinson's right, right now. I ended up going in Phoenix. I helped with a talk down there. He's even interviewed uh, on some of my patients that I had for, uh, firsthand experience how Parkinson's can help them. Again, we're still learning with everything. And that's another thing. It's kind of hard from go to patient to patient what works for them. What, you know, my brain chemistry and body chemistry may be different from yours to mm-hmm. yours to yours. So it's like trying to figure out if there's a trend there or if it's just that person, if they're the anomaly. So sometimes I, I like to get, uh, you know, kind of a survey of people and figure out what's working for them. But for me, I'm a big indica guy, my heavy smokers. I went from smoking flour constantly. Now, con- uh, was concentrates and vape pens and now edibles. And I took a tea break and we'll see what comes from that. Hey, <laughs> hey. Truly, CBN is great. Yeah. It is phenomenal. We were just talking about that Mary's uh, CBN. Yeah, uh, the, the patch. Yes. Oh, the patch. Oh, the good night tinctures. Oh, the tinctures too. Yeah. Yes, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Really, really good. I, anybody who comes in and they're like, I just have a really bad time sleeping, and I'm like, That's oh, yeah. you really want to get you want some, you want some CBN. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> explain night just night. just in case somebody doesn't know what CBN is. Uh, explain it to them. Uh, CBN is kind of like a, a breakdown of THC. Um, it, a little bit more sedative. A little bit more not well, I don't want to say non psychoactive, um, but it is definitely very very sedating. So I mean, to the point where it can help um, inhibit REM sleep, and usually that is really good for patients with PTSD because they have a hard time sleeping because wake up in the middle of the night with night terrors or you know just the memories and all that. So uh, CBN can be very very helpful in inhibiting that, and they can get a full nights of, of rest, and they can wake up feeling. Great, you know, even if it was just eight hours of uninterrupted sleep, that's you know eight hours that they can have that uh, um, better quality of life with this uh, cannabinoid. Yeah, so for sure. And a lot of people are not even looking to get higher. You know what I mean? I mean, even though CBN is going to totally make you feel like indica, <laughs> indica heavy. Um, you know, some people, that's what they need. Mm-hmm. And really give the people what they need. You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know, we're out there to educate as bud tenders, too. <laughs> and CBN, I had no idea when I got into this business what exactly that was. Um, someone from Mary's Medicinals explained it to me a little bit further. And then I was sold on it. And I always have a CBN tincture yeah. uh, just in case because... I'm not going to smoke 40 joints before I go to bed. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Fix the situation real fast. Don't make it worse. You know what I mean? Wake up with cotton mouth in the morning. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and I think that's a great thing about being on the educator side. I love using the word educator because we're all constantly educating. But as we're learning, we can also put that, uh, you know, to the public as well. And even our vernacular, sometimes I catch it. A lot of people use that word psychoactive, especially for CBD. And 
I don't like using that word psychoactive because, I, oh, it's non psychoactive. Well, it does work with your psyche. It calms you down, it puts you in a relax. It's not impairing, it's stimulating. So that's a, that's a good uh, way to put it. A lot of people, it's not psychoactive. Well, if it wasn't psychoactive, it wouldn't be working. So, I mean, <laughs> that's where a lot of the vernacular that we use, I always try to figure out, you know, what's the best way to go about this? Because before I used to say, oh, CBD's non psychoactive. Because that's what I heard. And then I ended up learning from, you know, other bud tenders. Uh, when I was in Seattle, I worked with the uh, Bud Tender of the Year out there. Shout out to Amir up in Kenowa, Seattle. Um, and he educated me a lot. And it really comes down to the way you present it to people. Because like you For said, sure. even Terps. I first heard about Terps. I'm like, who is o- Osamine? Like, is he a transformer? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of taken back. And then when I was educated and I was able to put that in a, a palatable sense for someone and break it down then that's when anyone else can kind of take with it like oh you know what I do know about Terps and I do know a Terp you know is a Terpenoid and I was like look at this guy okay yeah. go ahead, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's important to explain that to people because um, not too long ago I gave, I gave somebody a sativa mm-hmm. and was like this has a lot of mercine mm-hmm. um, it's followed by limonene but the scene is so heavy in that, and you're looking for such a nice hybrid middle that I think that this is going to be the one for you because it did have a little bit of terpenoline in it too. Mm-hmm. So there goes the heady and heady, and I was like, it's going to be a good balance, and I tried it, so I know, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, for sure, it's hard to break people from, um, when we set things like, Calling cannabis marijuana mm-hmm. derogatory. Ooh. Yeah, that's yeah, another one. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you know, it's just breaking people from like saying, hey, you know what, not everything is a sativa and indica. You know, in all reality, everything kind of is a hybrid. We just kind of, you know, some things lean a certain way, so we cloud it as a sativa or as, as, a, as an indica, but it depends. You know yeah. what I mean? Do you think we can ever get to that point where we just stop labeling shit sativa and indica and just. Like, just give the turp profile. Like, look, this is probably going to make you feel like this based on this turp profile. Eventually. It would make our jobs. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, But I don't... I I think it's more of like a marketing or... Yeah, maybe like a marketing thing. I think think? it needs to be a marketing and a... People need to do their own research as well. I think that... Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. I know it sounds impossible, but I think we can do it. I think that if... For sure. um, Us as bud tenders here now are speaking about it. We are putting that into the universe. Excuse me if I'm getting a little... Manifest. Maybe we can... Uh, <laughs> Rocky, get the sage! <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can uh, uh, bring some change and people will come into the dispensary Not for sure. 5, 10, 15 years from now and say, I want to feel this way and I want to feel this way. Yo, no, so. sh- no shit. It's crazy that you said that. Just the other day, I had a customer come in. She had like five sticky notes. Mm-hmm. She um, she knew her shit, mm-hmm. but she was like, "Yeah, so from um, from from six a.m. to to nine a.m., I really want to feel like this. From um, from noon to to three, I I really want to feel like this. I promise you not that." And she she had like her feelings like happy, sad. Like I was like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Let's do it!" Yeah. And um, it I was with her for like forty five minutes. But like she, she like she knew her shit, and like that was like, like one of the most satisfying things where somebody like not only know they shit but they really wanted to learn more 
and tried like different shit. And she her she, her thing was vape pens. Mm. So she bought like four or five different vape pens or vape cartridges and was like, okay, this is going to be for this. And she wrote the time down. And I just loved it. Like she was just so willing to learn. And she wrote everything down. And that just that just warmed my heart, man. It was so satisfying. So when you said like the feelings thing, I was just like, damn, that's crazy. Cause that just happened to me. Yeah, yeah man. I and loved that's, it. That's very important because you know, this is a medicine. Yep. Oh, this yeah. is yeah. a medicine. And yes. we need to treat it as such. Um, you know, all the flashing lights are great, you know, the the pageantry and all that, but at the end of the day, we just want something to make us feel happy, or we want something to help us sleep, or we want something to take the, the back pain away for a little bit, or, you know, just something to maybe, you know, just have a little fun with. You know, you want something to party on or whatnot. So it's definitely a, uh, uh, we need more respect towards the plant, I feel. Oh, I love Put more, a little more respect towards the plant. Know that uh, what you are smoking, and um, you can still have a great time. You yeah, know, it's, sure. it's not something that you just have to use as a medicine. It's you can you can party and have a great and just go out. Sometimes so. I try to sneak in a little bit of education. Mm-hmm. Even it. when they say they come in and be like, "Oh, let me get the high THC." Yeah, I still you know well you know what do you want to use it for? You just want to have some fun. What type of feeling do you want? Mm-hmm. Well, what you Definitely. mean? <laughs> like, you know, so I just kind of like sneaking in a little bit or um, just just try to put them up on game, even if they don't want to. Um, you know, I just just throw it out there, just in just in case. You know, I throw the bait out there. If they want to catch it, and cool. And but if it, a bud tender asks you how you want to feel, please don't say I want to feel high. We know, we know that. And if, if it, and if we say what type of high, just don't say high high. <laughs> That's right. like, come on. That's so. I love the way that you said because I always have this mantra: anyone that consumes is a patient in their own right. Whether you mm-hmm. want to, you know, have this or that. And I think that's where, and it's hard when you go, to, especially kind of having the opportunity to go different state to state. You know, some people aren't on this game. It's kind of uh, where we are right now. And it's not to brag or not to boast mm-hmm. or anything. It's just facts. Like, some people don't know about terps. Some, yeah. You talk about a terpene to a couple of people in the shops right now, they wouldn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's, we start starting that conversation. Because we're also fighting... Two, two battles which I don't think a lot of people are, are, are really paying attention to because the consumer market that we're forgetting about is the older ones that have been lied to majority or all their life that cannabis will turn them you know crazy psychotic they'll start breaking the law mm-hmm. you have to educate them where they're still okay to kind of even try cannabis right. I remember the first time I went to a retirement community and I did a presentation oh man I could hear a pin drop mm-hmm. and everyone's looking at me like who is this kid telling us about the devil's lettuce yeah. and I was like let me tell you about the devil's lettuce and it can happen but you gotta start having that conversation and then it's also having a conversation with us as workers in the industry you know a lot of us are still passing around things that you know we heard from somebody else that's completely wrong or a lot of these you know god I've heard some some tales of, oh I heard this from my uncle who's a master girl everyone's got an uncle who's a master girl somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, let me know where he's at <laughs> right. so it's like having that conversation and then you know being honest to yourself where we don't know everything and that's okay well Rocky talked about Leafly you know Weed Maps had some good information uh, Pot Guide uh, now with that much information you can find uh, you know events articles and when people really want to know how to consume properly and kind of 
alleviate their symptoms, the internet is kind of clutch because they can yeah, do their yeah. own research on their own. They don't have to feel... Because the first time you ever go to a, a shop, it can be intimidating. And uh, people don't like to look foolish either. So that's another... Yeah. They're like, yo, they, I, they like they, they get their pride getting away a little oh, bit. Oh, exactly. And that's where you have to fight. They're like, hey, I'm on this journey. You got to build that rapport and trust. So when you do make a recommendation, they'll go, no, no, no I'm going to stick to what I know. And that's so hard because... People just, if it works for them one time, they don't want to try anything else, right. especially in a medical state. I found that in a medical state, and also another thing, medical state, you have a, a very finite budget as well. So you want to make sure what you're getting is going to help you. So it's, uh, to go about the vernacular as an educator, and also, you know, sometimes you just don't know. You, you'll find out. Like when I don't know something, I'll go to, I'll be like, hey, you got some insight on this? And I love having that where we work, because there's so much experience all over that place. Yeah. For sure, 100%. If you ask somebody, somebody knows something, you know, and I try to find all the little gems in the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm always learning. Ever yes. learning. It's never a situation where I'm going to be like, I know it all. Yeah. I know everything. You should, even if I, if I don't know something, I'm not going to feed somebody a line of bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, I'll be right back. And that's where you get your gems in the store where you're like, hey, listen, I have this customer that's, got yada 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 gout or whatever the case may be right so i think that um that's the part about what makes the bud tending position or working in the cannabis industry so beautiful is that we all kind of lean on each other Um, when you go to events and things like that in in uh, nevada they're always real fun nobody's ever hostile everybody wants to be friends you get Hell to know yeah. everyone and the show ends at midnight and rocky always says like no matter like what event you go to almost all the time you leaving at a decent hour and when you get home you can still like do shit you're not all just out of it where you got to yeah. go home and just pass out like you still be able to function and that's the best thing about like these right. cannabis events for sure man yeah I used to wear a shirt that said no regrets. <laughs> and I now when I used to go to those events, I'm like, yeah, no regrets. No because you don't yeah. go home, you don't come home and you're like fucking regretting anything that you did. <laughs> or you didn't get any tickets, or you didn't, you know what I mean, get into a fight, or, you know what I mean, and that's the blessing of it. And you had as much fun, if not more, right. than mm-hmm. when, you know, you drank super heavily. You just got to give it a shot. It's all closed-mindedness. Unless you open your mind and you're like, well, there can be other things out there that I can enjoy. No, it can never. Yes, it absolutely can. You know what I mean? You just have to be a little bit more open-minded about it. You know, there's nothing wrong with, like, having a really great time that starts at fucking 8 and ends at, like, midnight, 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. I actually love and I embrace this community. I don't think that there it would be. Um, cannabis would have this kind of culture if we make it completely corporate because I just feel like taking away a bud tender is like taking away um, that would be like people going to uh, Walgreens and getting their over-the-counter drugs from a machine you know what I mean like same effects um, except it doesn't break down every major one I feel like I'm just worried I'm afraid it's going to get to the point where it's going to be like, hey, man, the sativa's on aisle five? Like, nah, sativa's on aisle six. And the goes on aisle five. Like, no. yeah. Someone brought that up. They're like, yeah, when Walmart gets in, like, those big you know, box players, start, you know, it could be, I mean, and it's possible now in 2020, my goodness. 
never saw this year going like this, but that could be a possibility where big you know, they buy everybody else out. I don't want it that. I think that loses authenticity in the community and the culture. Okay. But just like anything, I mean, a lot of places are looking to cut out as much as, you know, budget as they can. And automation is taking over, like, right now, the retail hospitality industry right now. They got robots that are making uh, walk. I just saw it on YouTube. I was like, oh, man, there goes a chef job for somebody. <laughs> and it's, it's I, I really don't want to see it, but, like, the future could be wild. Yeah. So, question like, do you or for you does intent matter? So, like, let's say like all these corporations, there we feel like they're going to get into the cannabis industry for the wrong reasons. Let's say like it was for the right reasons because they wanted to grow like the same reason we wanted to grow. So, like, does it does it does that intent really matter? What do you think? I think it does honestly because the intent has to be there to know that you are going to be doing good for someone, uh, that you know that you're going to be helping that person get to sleep. To help that person eat, to help that person be have a better quality of life, if you will, and to maybe help them stop taking as many pills as they are taking. Not to completely stop taking the pills, because as Jeff was saying, you should never just stop taking your pills. Yeah, we don't have not, a case. Please don't do that. Whatever works, but yeah. Hey. Uh, but yes. Uh, when THC or when marijuana becomes, sorry, cannabis, when cannabis becomes legal in states, the opioid rate drops. It is proven in every state that has gone rec, med, and I think that um, with if these corporations are wise, they will notice that, okay, maybe we shouldn't commercialize the THC. We should put more science behind this. We should test this more. We should see how this affects certain, you know, uh, uh, parts in our brains, how this affects our endocannabinoid system, how it all is connected. And I think that if they can put their money towards that, cannabis would be huge. It would be just, you know, a Another thing we talk about at the dinner table, you know, what strain are you growing today? Oh, I'm growing some OG Kush and maybe a little bit of Hawaiian and, you know, it's something that I feel like needs to be um, less demonized and it needs to be uh, uh, taken off of the schedule, what is it, schedule one list or schedule three, whatever it is. Yeah, it needs to be... um, decriminalized not legalized and because if you decriminalize it you can drop it down to a lesser penalty or maybe no penalty at all just a hey pay this $20 ticket for having a a lit joint in your car or you know finding a lit joint or having something on you so um, I think that it's important to understand that we need to uh, have uh, some more science or have some more testing behind it we need to have more independent studies and uh, more um, knowledge about the, the this wonderful plant that has been given to us. So. Yeah, I, I, like you said, if it does become the day and the age of a, you know a corporate cannabis, you go to some states and you'll kind of find a chain or kind of someone that's very prominent that has a big stake in that state. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now, at least for our generations, probably generations going past this. Uh, I think we've become a lot more smarter where we spend our dollars, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people want to know where they're giving their money to. And there's and that's where you have that double-edged sword where some companies will, when they kind of get exposed for what they are, 
you know, some people call it blacklisted or they just don't want to shop there. But I think if you're getting for something that started as simple as growing from the ground to helping people, remember the first time I ever got caught smoking, my dad was like, you smoking dope? Oh, oh, yeah. I laughed. Oh, I laughed and he was so mad and I was like, I've, the most <coughs> crazy things I've ever done was get really high, laugh a lot, eat a lot, and I go to bed. Yeah. I was like, how could you even put that compared to dope? And it, it was just... So we doing this, we telling our, the story when we got caught? Oh, we got to. Oh, we, we got, to. got to. Yeah. Talk about that. Go for it, Nick. <laughs> All right, so... Um, hopefully my, my parents don't listen to this in the future but I was smoking in the garage at my parents house and uh, you know I thought oh it's you know weekday my parents are at work I'm, I'm, I'm cool smoking in the garage got it cracked you know so smoke's going out so it doesn't completely hot box no rookie moves I got you um, suddenly I hear my father's motorcycle Ooh. driving up and uh, I instantly become sober. Yeah. <laughs> I run back into my into the house. I get on my bed and I start, you know, looking through a book. My father comes running in. Are you smoking that shit again? <laughs> my eyes red as hell. <laughs> no. <clears throat> and then he just walks out. Oh, oh, that's man. the most scariest shit, bro. So yeah, that. Um, Another time, they found my stash, and I had to destroy a pipe no, and no. throw away about a quarter ounce of mm. marijuana or cannabis, and uh, uh, yeah, so uh, not fun. Uh, <laughs> man, I remember. Um, yeah, it was my. I was living with my mom and my stepdad. They went to the movies. I thought they went to the movies. <laughs> so, and I like mind you, like that. I grew up in like a super religious house, like mm-hmm. you know, going to church every day. So, um, like his dad is a preacher, pastor, or whatever. He played this is super church family. Yeah. So they go to the movies. I'm thinking they go to the movies. I go to the balcony, smoke my blunt. I fucked up because I usually close the balcony door like the sliding door, but I left it open on accident. Oh. So the whole house is oh. freaking. <laughs> Um, but shit, I didn't know though, because you know I'm smoking. You know when you smoking, you don't smell yeah, shit. Like, nah. So I'm yeah. So I'm on the phone with the homie and the homegirl. This is when three way was popping. You know you had three way info. So we just chopping up. I'm high, we giggling, and I guess he forgot his guitar because he played guitar for the church. He forgot his guitar in the trunk. So he's like, "Why well, don't want to take my guitar to the movie?" So they come back to drop the guitar off, and he smells shit. So I'm like, oh, this bitch ass, dude. Like, he's a bitch for other reasons. So um, he like, you smoking weed in my house? And I wanted to say, like, first of all, this ain't even your house. This is my mama's apartment, you bitch ass. Like, I wanted to go off. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, you ain't even got no job. Like, yeah, yeah, who you talking about my apartment? But anyways, yeah. So, um, like, I, like, he just like, are you smoking weed? So he leave. Then my mama come back. Like, she go off. But I was just like. You told your mom? Yeah, because, like, she was in the car. So. Yeah, like it was just a whole big ordeal. I was like, I felt bad because, like, I I disappointed my mom. Yeah. Um, and then it was a like he tried to fight me. Like it was just a whole big ordeal. Um, I still want to beat his ass. Like mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. I hope you listening too. Yeah. Um, square up. We square got up. You ain't all your punk ass son. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another episode yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> it's another episode. But anyways, yeah, like that shit was crazy. Like if I would have just closed that door, I think I would have got away with it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Fucking sliding door. What about you, Rocky? Ooh, um, well, I 
I never got busted by my mom because I started late. Remember? Oh yeah, years. you're right. Yeah. So, um, but I did get busted by my kids. Ooh, <laughs> I so my kids are listen. I have wonderful children, but <laughs> those little shits. <laughs> they used to really like. They would like really get. They weren't. We taught them to be real open minded and speak their mind mm -hmm. without being rude. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when they came to they were not trying to be rude, but they were gonna be wise about it. <laughs> and so one time I came in the house and my son was like, Why do you smell like that? <laughs> I'm like, like what? And he's like, You smell like burning leaves. <laughs> Why do you smell like burning leaves? I was like, because we were at a barbecue. <laughs> we're at a burning leaf party. Don't we're at that. a barbecue. Son? Oh I was like, I said, this. downstairs <laughs> it's really weird down there the smell it's like sometimes when you it's sometimes when you come back in the house it, smells, it like smells like that downstairs but you just got here so so they were just kind of cracking they just wanted me to say yeah, they always just knew and then finally when they were old enough to tell me they were like Man, we put two and two together a long fucking time. Yeah. It was like you were smoking behind a sheer curtain. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Now, the funniest thing, I think I was still, I was a heavy smoker. Used to get in a, a lot of scuffles in high school, so I would always shave my head. Because the one time I didn't, some guy grabbed it. Like, that was weird. He grabbed my hair. Yeah, he got me on that one. <laughs> so, I would just make, play for sports. I would shave my head, and I'm zooted. I'm just high as high as high. And I'm just staring at my bald head in the mirror. And I was like, you know what? What have eyebrows ever done for me? What the fuck? <laughs> no, no. Let me tell you what eyebrows do for you. They make they you look like a human being. <laughs> <laughs> so, I shake my head. It's like 1 o'clock at night. And I go to bed and I forget about it. I'm just like, all right. I go into the kitchen. And my dad just stops and goes, what the fuck? What the fuck you do? What the fuck did you do? I'm like, I don't know. So, kind of got that like morning phone. I, like, I don't know what to Probably wants to yell about something. I'm making, and my sister looks at me. She goes, "You ain't got no eyebrows." I touch it. I feel it. I'm like, "Oh!" I remember. I asked myself, "What do eyebrows do?" And I took, I mind you, I took one eyebrow. Once that happened, I was like, "Shit, gotta do the other one." You ain't gonna do just one side. Then my dad hits me and goes, "You know, we gotta go to your stepbrother's wedding next week, right?" I forgot that. So somewhere out there, there are one wedding photo of my stepbrother. They put me at the very end. And they shot me out one. There's one original print. So I was like, oh, that's a nice wedding. Oh, yeah, we had to put Jeffrey at the very end. I was like, my bad. So, yeah. No eyebrows. Yeah, just don't do that. I advocate don't show you your eyebrows. They make you look cool. And they, they block the sweat out, too. Oh, my God. Living in Cali with... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what eyebrows do. They stop the sweat from getting... Yeah, I wish you were there for me. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to start doing an experiment. Nah, we good on that He's like, and that's when I learned I started Googling shit. Before I started. <laughs> yeah, I remember, that was before Google. No. I don't know if most people remember this, but before you had to crank up this thing called a dial-up on the internet, sometimes your mom would get on, she goes, get off the internet, yeah, I need to get on the phone. Right. And you could not sneak that, it was like, bam, 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 sure. Yeah. 
Everything was dictionary back then. I Google okay. who Encyclopedia, yeah. bro. Google That's was a guy down the road. I was like, yo, Google was good. He's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, now everyone, Google if you got questions. That's your yeah. friend. Hell yeah. Man, you guys killed it. So at the end of every episode, we ask our our uh our guests what you've been smoking on. You know, but smoking uh, wax, flour, just doing edibles, vapes, man. What you been smoking on lately? Uh, myself, I just took a tea break, hits back some edibles, try to smoke a little bit of flour because I just moved to Vegas, so I had to get you know, used to vendors, producer, processors. <laughs> and then, so I had a little bit of flour, a little bit of wax, uh, had uh, Trendy, had uh, some of Bohemian Brothers, some, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, some Tyson Ranch, just kind of get acclimated with everything. Oh, you just get a little bit of everything. Yeah, you got to try the little smorgasbord of stuff. But I live in an apartment, and it's a studio apartment in downtown Fremont. And mm. some days I'm just like, yeah, I ain't trying to mess with my neighbor. I so, feel you. I, you know, I'm a big edible guy too. So, which quarantine fifteen kind of got me a little bit. <laughs> but I've had some edibles. Dreamland put me right out, so I do enjoy the. How many milligrams you take at a time? I'm gonna take right now. I'll take about. Oh, I got crazy the other night. I took like a whole bag just because I had so many of them. <laughs> and one, there's some of those flavors are so good. I ended up Don't taking a whole bag, and I, I was like, "Ooh, it's gonna be a wild night." Yeah. So I normally about two or three, depending on how oh, okay. stressful the day is. Right on. I mean, that's why I like that tea break. So when I come back, I'm a cheap day. Right on, right on. <laughs> My man Joe, what you been up? <laughs> That's an inside That's joke. Inside. Oh uh, and Rocky is funny because you're uh, part of it and don't know it. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> we were at uh we were at a bar. I don't know what we were there for. We we're all there. And um my wife or my ex wife now, but uh I don't know, she she was calling him Joe the whole night. And you know why? I come to find out because cause you're from Chicago and people from Chicago call people Joe. Oh hey Joe. Oh, hey, what up, Joe? What up, Joe? So she she heard you say, Hey, what up, Joe? So she assumed his name was Joe, and the whole night called him Joe. And honestly, and I, it just was, I just let it go. I was like, yeah, hey, what's up? You know, was it wasn't until we like, left. We were all saying our goodbyes. Like, hey, all right, all right, bye, see you later. And he was like, oh, yeah, my name is Nick. And I'm like, what the fuck was she calling him all night? She was like, Joe. I heard Rocky call him Joe. And I'm like, what? I'm like, no, Rocky from Chicago. They call everybody Joe. Like, that's just like, say what's up, homie. Yeah, so that shit was funny. <laughs> yeah, he's been with the whole night. Yeah. She was like, holy shit, I was calling him Joe the whole night. But nah, so yeah, what you been smoking on, Joe? Oh, man, I've been smoking uh, a plethora of stuff. I've got uh, a little bit of Grower Circle, some blue waf- blueberry waffles, mm. and uh, Cosa Nostra. Um, a little bit of Desert Breeze, so it's a little bit of everything. What did you think about those blueberry waffles? Oh my goodness, very tasty. Yeah. It was definitely a very enjoyable high. Um, stoning, yes. like relaxing, a little bit focused feel to it. So I was able to still be doing stuff if I wanted to go clean dishes or, you know, clean my apartment a little bit. I was still able to do that. I wasn't completely zombied out of it. So it was very, very tasty. You say you got the Costa Nostra? Yeah. That's super purple. It was. How did, how did very, that taste? Oh, man. It was definitely had more because it's a cross of face on fire mm-hmm. and uh, glow. glow. Mm. Yeah. It definitely kept more of the face on fire genetics. Gotcha. Uh, definitely has that citrusy uh, definitely more of that uh, heavier uh, behind the eyes high kind of heavy eye feel to it so uh, but man they were all very enjoyable so right on man I've been smoking um, some of that that local grow yeah, yeah, sure. yeah still got it's that that, um, that grape spody Ooh. oh uh, yeah. wow uh, yeah he killed it on that one 
Um, yeah, that's what I've been doing lately, and I've been like, um, I've been, uh, mm. Trendy been doing some nice collabs. I heard those Definitely. collabs. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Fucking, like, that uh, was about to, you know what? That's so funny. In my mind, I'm like, <laughs> shout, when you said that, in my mind, I'm like, shout out to those Trendy collabs. Yeah, yeah. they've been really it. good. So that uh, that that G13 for Virtue tastes mm-hmm. amazing. Um, the 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 blue hash plant crundle combo from Nature's Crib. Yeah, so yeah, I've been I've been on that a lot lately, cause I just got that fucking um that Puffco Plus pin. Oh, that shit nice. is so reliable. Yeah, I got it. I won it in a, a contest, so they okay. finally came through. Shout out to Puffco for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, that shit is so simple. So yeah, I've just been I've been dabbing a lot lately, man. I need probably need to chill, take a tea break, my damn self. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. We always plan for tea breaks. <laughs> and then next, next month, and always because no like the, some, some new shit come out, we was like, God damn. Well, after this one, I'm gonna go ahead and take <laughs> yeah, a tea that's break. That's all about being an educator. You always want to try something that's like a tea break or me knowing what I'm, <laughs> what I'm recommending. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What you been smoking on, Rocky? Um. Yeah. Still on some of that, Lokes. Um. But let me see. What if I had this? Was really really good. The ice cream cake that we oh yeah from Nature's oh Polaris yeah yeah Polaris numbers were nice on that solid. I did pick up the citrus cookies and it's never a miss on the citrus cookies. You're gonna get what you're gonna get, (laughs) and it's a really good high. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, it's almost like when you get what uh, Nature's Chemistry Ghost Train haze. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's Nature's Chemistry Ghost Train haze. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I know the Travis and James. Oh, dude, you're still in that. Yo, that's crazy. Did you see good shit ton of mercy in that? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a, Sativa. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see. Yeah. That's a sativa with all that mercy in it. Yeah. So, um, wow. Shout out to them for sure. Again, on the second one. They killing it. Yeah, even that was a Durban. The Durban right? poison. Yeah. The turp- how many? It was like 20, 28. 20, 28 yeah. on that terpenoline. That's crazy. Smack, 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 smack. Right in the middle of your forehead. I'm going to build a house. What did you say, Rocky? You said it was like that, that high was right in your head. Where did you say it go? Yeah, it stayed there. Stretch your face forward. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was nice. Good. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been smoking on. I have a little bit of a, I have a, like a little 31 flavor variety right now, which I'm very happy about. Ain't nothing wrong but with that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, but if something new drops, <laughs> got it. Got it. Just rules the game. Hell yeah. Man, I appreciate you guys. You fucking killed it, man. Thank you. Um, yes. Anytime you guys want to come on, open invitation. Definitely. Um, if you want, go ahead and shout out to you know, Instagram where the people can reach out to you if they had any questions or anything. Uh, I'm at lolldragon64 on Instagram, and that's pretty much all my social media. <laughs> Mine is at Can- uh, Instagram. My name is Kenna Jeff. Just, you know, got a little bit of everything, but yeah, you want to reach out, go ahead, shoot a, shoot a DM, shoot a shot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm at Cannabis Rocky, and... Um, you can find me at uh, Superman's Father, Superman's underscore father. And of course, we're always on Instagram at High Bud Tender. If you and again, I always have to tell you guys, we're not Wikipedia by any means. So if we said something that was inaccurate or whatever the case may be, feel free to send us an email. Yeah. We're happy to iron that out yeah. and get things straightened out for sure. Um, so again, www.highbudtenders.com. And if you want to listen for slash podcast, so even though we're on all the um, Everything. All the podcast yeah, uh, platforms. iTunes, Spotify. Uh, you do also have that option too. If yeah. you don't have any of the apps, just go straight onto the website and you can listen straight on our website. Um, we thank you guys so much. And as always, stay high, bud tenders.